In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and for the first time in about a year, right next to me is the one, the only... Konnichiwa, bitches! <laughs> Travis Ratz here, projecting. <laughs> this is fantastic, Travis Ratz. Welcome back to the States. Uh, welcome back to the Southwest. I hope you've eaten a burrito since you've I been here. I have eaten a burrito, but you know what I really love? An enchilada. I feel like burritos, you can kind of, like, every yeah. country has a version of burritos that they can uh, that are passable. But very few places can do an enchilada. Have you had an enchilada yet? Okay. <laughs> now I get on. Now get yourself an enchilada. Man. I assume when you said podcast together, I thought that was podcast enchilada combo. That's definitely that's a possibility. I'm not afraid. But of, you, of hooked any up, you hooked me up. You hooked me up with a sweet beer here. Yes, it's called yeah. Rainbow Sherbert. It's by uh, Prairie Artisan Ales. The the can is beautiful. It's artwork in itself. It looks like a Beatles uh, it yellow submarine yeah. cover, yeah. Uh, and it is quite delicious. So Travis and. I guess not Travis, but the audience. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I delve deep into comic books. And we've got an interesting episode today, Travis. I took a dive because Comixology has many sales. Yep. And so Comixology had a sale first on Doom Patrol, which is a Grant Morrison book. I read Doom Patrol. And I'm like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. But... I've always wanted to see what, you know, I don't I haven't read a lot of Grant Morrison, but I had heard about Animal Man being like one of his, you know, kind seminal of works. Yeah, seminal yeah. classic runs on DC. And so that was also on sale. So what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen, is that we're going to read uh, Animal Man. We read Animal Man by Morrison. Then we also read the first volume of the New 52 redo of mm. Animal Man. By your boy. By my fave, Jeff Lemire. Right. We're doing a real uh, Animal Man breakdown. Yeah. We're like, well, here's the thing. When you came into this podcast, what was your Animal Man knowledge? On a scale of 1 to 10, what was your Animal Man knowledge? My, uh, I, he's, his name sounded like it could be a superhero's name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Animal Man, that makes sense. I mean, you have a, you have Plant Man, you have Spider-Man, you right. have Batman. There's got to be an Animal Man. Uh, and But like in my head, like Animal Man sounds like the first superhero ever created. <laughs> like The first thing you put in front of man before you get real niche is just put animal in front right? of it. Right, right. And it's the most broad, like, like easy to like, hey, why don't we have a superhero that has these powers? So we're going to be breaking that down today we're gonna be breaking <laughs> down all the animal man today we are definitely gonna dive in animal can i man can today. i talk to you about yeah you talked about comicsology right you know what i did is i joined the unlimited uh the amazon uh kindle okay. unlimited okay and both these books were part of that subscription like really? they like they just come with it um How so I'm, I'm, I'm in the though? trial month period okay the the subscription is I want to say it's 15, but I might be thinking Audible. It could be the same, but it's no higher than 30. So it's between 15 and 30. I have the trial. Um, 
I'm sure they'll convert me without my knowledge to the, <laughs> the, the, the full. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, I can get both these Animal Mans, and then I can cancel within. Because once it's downloaded to your Kindle, it's you have it, you right. know, whether it's trial or not. Yeah. But then knowing myself, the the little Travis in the back of my brain is like, you're not gonna cancel this shit. No. It's no. gonna. I'm gonna have to lose my debit card and get a new one, and then they'll just stop charging me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a problem with like I have many things that I'm pretty sure I'd be happy to get rid of. But they're tied to my PayPal and not my oh, debit card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to pay them forever. Until PayPal shuts down, yeah, I yeah. will be paying for them forever. I recently had to get a new debit card. Yeah. And then I've gotten the barrage of emails saying yes. like, hey, um, we're, your thing doesn't work on this, so we're going to cancel your subscription. And I was like, when was, when I, was I part of that? Sock of the Month Club? <laughs> I'm not getting socks anymore, guys. <laughs> So, uh, that's how I got out of one subscription service. I don't remember what it was. It was something, and I was like, yeah, I don't really want that anymore. Well, that's all right. It's like it's like uh, that Friends episode where Ross wants to quit the gym. Yeah. Want, <laughs> I want to quit the sock club. Yeah. It may have actually been socks. It may have been socks. So, this is an interesting episode. We're both diving into this with, like, I've heard of Animal Man. I have seen him. I have I saw the you know the hubbub around Jeff Lemire's Animal Man run, but never really read a whole lot of New Fifty Two. I think the right. only stuff I read out of New Fifty Two would have been Wonder Woman and then Snyder's Batman. Right, right, because that wasn't really New Fifty Two eyes. Well, right? yeah, New Fifty Two uh, kind of came out right when we were starting the podcast. So right. we went on like a uh, I think we did a couple episodes where we were reading the first. Um, or was that the re- was that DC? There was another thing that DC did where they did a they after fifty two. Yeah, right? after, I think that's I think what did, we did. I, okay, I think that's I'm what like, we did. Did we not do both of them? Because <laughs> I think they did three redos. I think we're on the fourth update since New Fifty Two. Okay, we're on the nothing matters continuity. God, this is why people hate comics. People, <laughs> this is why people hate comics. Oh, it's Batman number one again. Yeah. Oh, right. Hey, okay. Ghostbusters, take a lesson in this. Right, right. So here's 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 what we're going to do. Here's what I want to know. Break it down. I'm, should, we, should we start with Animal Man, Animal Man in general, Grant Morrison in general? Right. Let's, uh, start with, let's start with Grant Morrison in general. Okay. What did you think, what did you think about uh, sort of the craftsmanship here? It's very 80s. Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah. what did you think? Can you see why Grant Morrison is lauded with what you find in this? It's like early stuff. It's not like yeah, you know. What, can you see the hints of like, oh, okay, I get that. Did you find that in here? Yeah, you know, it, it for me, it fell, it fell seamlessly into that '80s dark. These British writers coming over, right. you know, uh, with Ennis and Grant Morrison, and well, not M- Miller, but. Not British. Is he British? No, I don't think so. He just wants to be British. Right. He's just a guy who would want to be British. Right. And, and, and yeah. So you I know, think. And all of them. And it, it fell like right into that. And it, it just, it's really kind of growing that error for me where people talk about like the years of like 84 to like 88 right. as that huge turn in, in comics. Right. And I think by at this point, you and I have really read all the seminal works in that piece from that uh, Dark Knight Returns to Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing yeah. to all these things. So it really fell in nicely with there. And I'm like, oh, wow, to be a every Wednesday comic reader 
in those four years when these things were coming out, it must have been really cool. And Grant Morrison fits seamlessly into that that shift into darkness, that weirdness, right. very meta um, on here. But like you, I was like, I was reading this, and it took me a long time, Josh. It took me a long time to read this. Really? <laughs> it took me like since you assigned it to like a week ago. And I was like, why am I why was it taking so long? I go, I don't dislike it. Was it, it just this one or both of them together that took me? Uh, this one took me a long. Okay. The Grant Morrison one took me a, a while. Um and I feel about this Grant Morrison's Animal Man the way you feel about Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Where god damn it do I respect it? The parts of it I really enjoyed, but reading it so many years on I just feel like I've seen the deconstruction of the superhero so much that reading, that an reading original, the first yeah. of it, you know, it, it's kind of like, ugh. It feels pretentious, but it can't be pretentious because it was the first time that's done. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does because, I mean, essentially what we've done is we've grown up on comic books that imitated the Dark Knight and Morrison here and what he does um, with this and what happened with Swamp Thing and uh like i totally get that thing like and then the whole thing of you know you being a giant preacher fan you can see like oh the crossover that these three that that uh you know that um ennis and morrison and uh that that uh why can't i think of alan moore alan moore like this sort of crossover thing that they all have together it's you can see it Right, and I can see how you'd be like, okay, I've I've seen this solo before. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. I know what you're gonna do now, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, especially in the domestic side of everything. Right. You know, the, the superhero side. Uh, oh, yeah, it's okay. But like in the male female relationships, right. how a relationship is is portrayed. Um, what it's like to be mundane right. as a superhero. Uh, strong female characters in the eighties. Right. That, that's a, a a feature of all these all these guys. Um, yeah. So going into it, it, it is it's not a light read. No. It's not as sloggy as the beginning of Miller's Daredevil. Um, but it's also not as fun. Would you describe this as fun? Would you describe I'd, Grant Morrison's work as fun? I think parts of it are fun. I think when you get the monster of the week piece of it in, because there is a lot of that that kind of flows through this first volume of Animal Man, like, oh, here's the creepy thing that we're that I've got to take care of. And then it does get, is this the one where the Justice League is in it? Because I read volume one and volume two of this. Um, uh, Justice League, no, just Martian Manhunter was in this one. Okay, okay. So, like, I get, I totally, I, I understand what he's doing. It's this... Give me a character that no one's doing anything with. Right. And let me do something. A throwaway character. It's a character that you don't have and, investment in. Yet. And you can see what we're doing. You can see that Tom King is doing that right now. He did that with uh, The Vision, right? Mm-hmm. Who's a character no one's using. Let me do my mundane right. spin on The Vision. Uh, Flintstones. You know, the Flintstones. All that stuff. You know, let me do it. And, and so we're seeing, I think we're seeing a resurgence of that kind of storytelling but I think you're right. I can see how this would be a long read, especially since it's very 80s. Right. The storytelling gets very 80s. Not as 80 uh, as Moore and no. Miller, I don't think, though. No, I yeah, think. Yeah. You, no, but I think you're right. Well, I think that this almost borders on a very sort of like 
when did this exactly come out? Because was it eighty six or eighty? It, it feels very. There's some very sort of like environmentalism in here that feels. Um, the art isn't as eighty as some of these guys, which we'll talk about later. I'm sure the art, right. but. Uh, so yeah, it it is definitely of its era. Uh, right. It's very eighties. The colors certainly. The page so you're on is, right now is, is so eighties. So 80s. this is eighty eight, eighty nine. Okay. So it's very like nine. It has that that early nineties yeah. vibe. Ice, to Ice, it. Ice Ice Baby had just come out and was <laughs> was rocketing up the charts. Because you see, like the kid has a mullet and sort of like the environmentalism take on it is very this like late eighties, early nineties shift that we're seeing in American culture. The environmentalism is so not in your face. This is it's it's so like but this is soft so, environmentalism. So like, like the beginning of it, you know, Gen X, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's very much like. Grant Morrison is listening to the Minutemen yeah. as he's like scripting this out, and the fact that the main character Animal Man, Animal Man, is not a vegetarian when this book starts, and it's like one of the shifts that he goes yeah. through is like, oh, I would assume that he would have already been a vegetarian, <laughs> <laughs> but like he becomes this very environmentalist thing in it, and so I'm I'm curious, like as we look at this, and and you read this Grant Morrison run on this, what were the things that you did like and what were some of the things I mean you kind of talked about the the things that didn't click for you but what what are the things that did what, click I, for you? You know what I really like is you talked about Monster of the Week in, in the, in the yeah. comics I felt like the, the Monster of the Week were not throwaway I felt really invested into all the Monsters of the Week the what's the Beast Man yeah, the, uh, yeah. Beastmaster yeah. Or, not Beastmaster that would be awesome though if you made an <laughs> in this um, I, I feel like each of the self-contained issues weren't filler. Like they were these really great vignettes of Animal yeah. Man. And basically, Grant Morrison, what he does with Animal Man is um, in his run, in the volume that I read, the first, uh, his first volume on the run, is Animal Man had been a superhero in the past and he'd kind of, he's, he'd pulled back from that a lot. Right. And so he, like he barely went out as Animal Man, and now all of a sudden there was almost like this kind of midlife crisis where he's like, you know what, I want to go kind of like with you at punk rock, right. you know, I want to go play <laughs> punk rock shows, uh, and he's like, I want to dip my toes back into that, and he finds that dipping his toes back into it that he's he's not great at it, you know, we've right. seen this before, like in the, right. like the very like uh, tick esque or whatever it is, right. but at the same time, it's not uh, Morrison does a really good job. It, it's not a comedy. There are no. funny things that happen. It's a dark, maybe at, the, at least you can call it a dark comedy. There are some really dark elements right, to right. it. But it's, I really, one of the, yes, what I like. And I liked how each of the single issues, although they have that individual story that begins and ends within that issue or two issues, yeah. um, they they don't seem like throwaways. I saw that on Swamp Thing. There's always like a, a, an internal conflict that builds over all these issues yeah. as opposed to an external larger bad guy. It's all this internal conflict that builds within him as he's getting confidence, then loses confidence. And then what Morrison will do, and what I really love about it, is that he uses the character Ant-Man to explore the uh, relationship between the artist and the art. Right. Which is, the I, I would say, the defining feature that separates this book from those other 80 darks, 80s dark books. Because this book makes no qualms about deconstructing the actual 
creation of comics. Right. You, Especially like, in episode five. Yeah, there's that issue through. five where it very much like hand to the page, what's going on. Um, I went and I read the next volume of this. So I would say like Morrison's known for this sort of like very meta take on uh, on what it means to to what's continuity mean? What do the multiple universes mean? Right? Like he does that DC lore a lot and tries to explain like what all this means. And I will tell you that I enjoyed this one more than volume two. Volume two really goes into why is this animal man, man, not the same animal man from like 1960, whatever. Right. Okay. And so he really tries to explain, cause this is the same time that like crisis on, uh, yeah, in, in the the prologue, he talks about, like, how, like, that was kind of... It was hard to write when, like, the DC offices would be like, okay, but this month he has to go fight on, like, Mars. Right, and so that was that was the thing. Like, it ends up being, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths is happening at the same time, and that really kind of dominates part of the storyline for right. Volume 2. Um, but I really did enjoy this sort of, like... This... So as, like, a 30... As a man in his late 30s... I really like Doug, this superhero who's in his late thirties, yeah. right? Who's got is a that kid. what he's aged as? That's what it feels yeah, yeah. like because he's got kids who are sort a, of like a, a tweens, yeah, like a tween, tween. Yeah. and and then he also, or maybe he's early forties or whatever, but it feels thirties. Who's like, oh man, I gotta be a better person. Like right. I want it, like, and so to me, there's this sort of as I read it as my age right now, I I kind of see like okay, no, he just wants to go have some fun again, right? He wants to go relive that whatever. And I think as, like, comic book fans, as, as like, punk rock fans, this is a very sort of punk rock book, right? right? This guy goes and he puts on his old outfit again. He, like, puts on the cool jacket with it, right? And, And very much, like, tries to relive his youth. Right. right, and there's some guilt to it as well. Right. Like, when you see his support system, his wife and kids, like, there is, like, you don't only get, like, what it's like for a person to try to jump back and do something right. like that. You see the whole, like, how that affects all the people close to him. Right. And the relationships that is. And the guilt that causes, and, like, is it responsible for me to go out here and fight this rat creature <laughs> right. when I got two kids at home and a wife who expects me home for dinner right. and I'm losing an arm? Right, and I, and I feel like so like to, so for some context for this, right? Like I'm I'm playing a show tonight, and I've probably played twice in the last year out. Maybe I think actually, literally a year ago, I did a show at the same place. A buddy of mine uh, was like, "Hey man, you want to do like an acoustic show?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." So really, it's been like a year since I played a show, like right. almost an exact year, and so I feel that like tonight it's gonna be me and my guitar yeah. and like. You're gonna put your you're gonna put your like your outfit together. <laughs> right? You're gonna be like, right? I gotta, what's the most daddy punk outfit? Right? What's the most gravel dad I can be? Because you're big, bad punk, rocking daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's like, how do I, how do I justify that with like how busy we are as a family? Right. right. Like Renner's getting a babysitter tonight, uh, so right. that Gab can go, and right. it's this very sort of like. And then you're like, well, th- like, is this how Gab wants to spend her free time? Right. And, and know, then like tomorrow, that. and then tomorrow morning, I'm gonna wake up and go do some work because I've got a, I've got a thing tomorrow at nine o'clock tomorrow. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you can go out and like celebrate your victory of like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's this very sort of like interesting Do- thing. Domestic so, adventures. You right. Know, and like, I think yeah. I think I relate with that piece of it 
And I think that I enjoyed it probably more than you did because of that. Coming from that angle. Coming yeah. from that I, angle. I see that definitely, yeah. Like coming from a dad in his like late 30s going, oh, okay. No, I totally get this, right? When I tell my wife I want to go do video game, and I want to go like do like a board game night with some bros, or I'm going to go do whatever, like I can see like, Oh, I can't do that because I've got all this crap here. I've got to mow my lawn tomorrow, right? How yeah, are you yeah, a superhero? Yeah. And that's a huge part of just this book. Right. It's not just this book, but superhero deconstruction in general. Right. Cause it's always the how do I balance doing what I what is right, but really it's what I enjoy. And I think you like – You know, it's, it's like right. some of these things he's doing what's right, but some of it, it's a lot of ego. Uh, Buddy oh, has a sure. lot of ego in this book, and I think we can look at you. We can look and we can go back and we can talk about Dark Knight Returns and how this is so much different than Dark Knight Returns because Batman, although like he's coming back to something, he has a butler and lots of money, and him like leaving whatever life he has doesn't affect anybody. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a family that he's like setting aside to go return to be Batman, mm-hmm. right? But I think the interesting thing about this piece of it is like, well, Animal Man is really just a guy. He's not a millionaire. There's not someone, like I said, like I have to mow my lawn this weekend and I'm sure Animal Man has to do that too, right? Like he's got to take care of stuff at his house. He doesn't have a million dollars to be like, oh, I'll just pay someone to take care of it. You know what I mean? It's a very like, I mean, at one point, like, he's out fighting crime, right. and his wife and and daughter are out in the woods, and, and no relation to the crime he's fighting, they almost get raped and like, killed. Right. And because he's not there, because he's out doing something else, like, his family, family's in jeopardy. Right. So there's that domestic... You know, one of my favorite things as an illustration of what you are just talking about? Yeah. About how do I, you know, like, deal by... Is through volume one... He slowly gets a little bit better, maybe. I think maybe by just by luck. Yeah. But eventually the Justice League comes knocking and they're like, hey, we wanna we wanna put you on the team. And there's one issue where they have to outfit his house right. for <laughs> uh, so that way his family is protected. Right. So you ha- they have like this whole team of people who are coming in there and like putting in lasers <laughs> yeah. and like steel doors and like one of the kids almost gets shot by a laser and the the handy men who are doing the work are so just like apathetic. They're just right. like, well, what do you want to be safe or do you want a laser to go? You know. Right. Uh, and I think there's there's a lot of like. I think Grant Morrison uses a lot of, like, he gets to do one with Mirror Man in here. And it's a really fun, that's the one where they have to come and up, like, they have to come do his house afterwards right. because he has this fight with Mirror Man in his house. And they're like, well, no crap, dude, you're a superhero. Like, a superhero. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Bad guys are going to come try to find you. They know who you are. You're out there in the world. You don't have a secret identity, right? And you live in, like, suburbia. Right. And you live, right. It's like, <laughs> if I'm I'm here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm like, I want to fight crime. I'm Josh Buckley, right? Like, you That's can, Josh Buckley. Buckley. B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. Like, you're going to find me, right? And so yeah. it's this really interesting sort of suburban take. And, and you can see this in so much stuff that we've read. You can uh, see Tom it. King's Vision is, is a perfect and most recent example of right. where, I, where I think that that's been done smartly right. as this was done uh, and also has its, some great moments of fun. So what did you think of... I mean, we've got Grant Morrison as a writer. You know, he is sort of trapped in this 80s way of writing comics. You can feel it. You can feel... A little bit of the time period, yet, but he does a good job of breaking it. Yeah, I think what he does differently from his uh, peers in the 80s is there's not as much narration 
Right. Uh, and if there is narration, it's first-person narration. It's not this third-person, like, it was a dark, moonless night, and <laughs> the city was filled with shit. Sewers were overloading. It reminds it's me. It's less you know, poetic. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... like uh, it's less Swamp Thing and less yeah. Watchmen and less uh, Miller. Because uh, Moore, and, Moore and Miller are, 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 are... Frank Miller and Alan Moore are very much trying to be... Burkowski. Yeah, they're trying to be as poetic as yeah. possible. They're, they're beat poets who are writing in, you know, yeah. 80s. This, this guy is like... Uh, Morrison strikes me more of like a cyberpunk. It's so cerebro. You right? know, it's yeah. so uh, yeah. that... Cerebral, I guess Yeah, cerebral. Say. Yeah, he's very much like trying to... You know, you can see that he's deconstructing this. And he's... It's this second wave of it almost, right? Because you've got more... And Miller doing the early '80s piece of it, and then Ennis and and, and 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 Grant Morrison are coming in this late '80s piece of it, '80s and '90s building this yeah, thing. And then you see, oh god, who's our trans metropolitan? Um, that's uh, isn't that Morrison? Isn't no, trans- no, that was it's not Ennis, but it's the other guy that really is attached to Ellis. Ennis. Ellis, yeah, uh, Warren, Warren Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, Warren Ellis comes in, right? And you can't get Warren Ellis without this. You know, you can't get the authority without Animal Man. Right. So it's very much this sort of, like, you can see this, him being the next wave of what's going on from early, in a change in the early 80s of superheroes with, with Alan Moore and Frank Miller. But I, I don't think this stuff was selling, like, this was, like, for deep comic book readers. I'm right. sure, I'm sure it was critically successful, but... But who's running I mean, to grab Animal after, Man? After Animal Man, we go into that 90s where it's all spandex tights and, you know, big superpowers and right. all that's an image and big guns. They weren't they weren't doing this metaphysical... No, uh, this deep look at it. Well, deep DC, look at it. DC, DC's always Vertigo been kind of line. a... Yeah, Vertigo that, kind of picked that, that stuff up, Rest right? Rest in peace. Right? <laughs> Goodbye, Vertigo. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of the art throughout of this? Throughout this, right? I like, liked it. I really dug it. Yeah, I really liked... Um, it just it, it felt reminiscent of its time, but not completely saturated in the '80s. Like I, I honestly think the art didn't feel. I mean, I guess I guess it's late '80s, but it, yeah. it didn't it didn't feel dated to me. That's like some of those, and of course I, we should say this: we read this digitally, so I'm sure if you bought this in trade, it would be that that really um, they do that cheap they do that newsprint paper on it sometimes, which in the would I, I, I'm sure the colors it, would, it would be yeah. It would be would be uh, much more '80s if you read it in in print. Um, right, I do. The colors are really good on this. Uh, I really did. I do really enjoy the sort of like. There's this sort of scratchy line art quality to some of the some of the design work in here, right? Some of the the shadowing and stuff has this sort of like, oh, I've got to shade this part. I'm going to do some 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 cross hatching and part of it to do that. Simple bare backgrounds, right? Um, it's, like that, which has become popular with that the a lot of the image artists uh, today. Uh, just simple one color backgrounds, right? Um, There's a lot of uh, I, his character work is pretty good. Um, you know, Buddy's facial work throughout. It's pretty good. You can the see the monsters are excellent. Yeah. As you're pulling up here, you have yeah. that that great image of the the pile of, of monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> that was those two issues are my favorite. It's a very book. like body horror kind of thing. And yeah. can we talk about how absolutely amazing the covers are for each? Oh, for they're great. Of these. They're fantastic. The covers are so good for every that one, especially the every one, you're on one right of right now for issue yeah like, uh, two. issue two. There's one where he looks like Jesus, 
and that is a a really good cover too where you're like oh wow i really i really dig this sort of um this very design work of it right here where he's being drawn so it's like issue five he's like being drawn this is the issue that gets a little meta with the artist drawing oh, him. I love that, yeah. What did you think of... Uh, the tracks are like the cross. Right? That's brilliant. What did you think of his... Uh, what do you think of the Animal Man, Animal Man costume? Oh, I, I want to talk about that, yeah. So the design. At first, I, I felt so like Booster Gold. Like, you know... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but here's the thing. I'm a sucker for a jacket over Right? It's very Superboy, you know? It's like very Superboy. It, it also is Morph. From yeah, 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 90s yeah, yeah. X-Men. It, it, well, it, it fits into what you were saying about that. Like, I think, actually, he makes a, a thing. His original costume, he didn't have the jacket. I think right. he adds it. And there's a line of dialogue about, like, I threw on the jacket because tights aren't really flattering. Right? You know? like, like, how punk rock is this to yeah, put another jacket I, he, on they, So Morrison even addresses that. He's right. like, you know, like... That's your grandpa's superhero, <laughs> right? You know, this I'm more superhero, of like a Lost Boys. He pops his leather collar. <laughs> yeah, so I dig uh, that. I dig that. So, I don't know in the real world, like putting a, a jacket, like a denim jacket or a leather jacket over tights. I don't know if that's quite flattering. It's, I don't know. It's just gonna make your legs look really skinny. Or like Rogue. Rogue wears a jacket. Looks good yeah. on Rogue, right? You gotta, you gotta have some good quads. You do. You gotta no, have some you, solid quadzilla. Quads. If yeah. you want to do that. Um, so let me. So the design. I really dug the design. I thought the monsters throughout were really good. Uh, the monsters. This this sort of body horror monster things reminded me a lot of what we were seeing in Swamp Thing. Right, yeah. like the pile of monkeys fall, it like feels like it fell right out of a Swamp Thing comic. Boils, like when right. the characters have boils on them, and right? Stuff. Yeah. Um, I really, I really dug it. I did like the costume design. It was very much like, no, I'm the hip superhero, right? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and there's something about that, like, well, I'm going back to this work. And look at his jacket. Like the lining of it is even cool. It's right? got, he's got like the red lining on it. Like that's expensive. Yeah, that ain't cheap, you know. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I really did dig the, the character design of it. I really did enjoy him as a character. Because you see him struggle through this, these, is it 12 issues that we read for this? Right. Where you really kind of, you, you really kind of see him struggle through this process. And uh, you get to see the, you kind of get to see him change over time. So here's... He, the Coyote Gospel. Yeah. That's like a, like a, I've heard of that before I read Animal Man. That, that, that this issue the coyote gospel yeah. issue is something that people refer back to quite a bit like people in the business uh because of what it did like it, the coyote gospel if you read volume one uh, this is this probably single issue is probably really expensive i'm guessing this the is this is a good gospel. one where you get like this is sort of the meta thing you get yeah. the cartoon piece of it um the coyote you know it, it this is where this is where becomes self-aware that he right. is that he is a creation, right? And and wants to end the suffering that all created art undergoes at the behest of their creators, right? It's this very sort of deep thing that Grant Morrison does over and over again. But they make him a coyote like the coyote in Roadrunner, right? Because who suffers more than right. the coyote in the? Yeah. Um, uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, right? Chuck Jones shit stuff. So I, you know, I really, I think I dug it, and I think it's probably because the context in which I read it in, and then I am also on this very '80s '90s kick right now of reading some older comics and right. just kind of yeah. diving into that stuff, and liking the fact that creators were like, "Let's have fun with this," right? right. Like the stakes aren't gigantic. There's, you know, like 
let's just who's the bad guy we're gonna fight we don't have to do seven volumes of finding out that the that the riddler is the worst you know is the mastermind of everything yeah he's not really there's really at least in the first volume there isn't really an art per se um but he grows and changes and adapts to the situations but there doesn't seem to be like an overall secret organization right or his goal isn't to like necessarily he wants to be in the justice league but it's not like the defining thing right that's not it. what the, yeah, the, yeah. the purpose of like the story is. do you know how it? many um, um issues he he did on i his was run? looking it up i cannot remember well, he did at least two volumes he probably I'm, i think there's i think there's six or something like there might be four or six that i was looking at oh volumes was, yeah or so that you're looking at maybe like maybe like 48 issues or something yeah like that. So I was like, okay, yeah, I think I want to read it. I like I read volume two. I really liked it. I'll probably read. I I will probably read the whole run. So let's talk about we we, we kind of set this aside, and I think Animal Man was probably set aside for a long time. I don't know. I don't know that part of it, and I didn't do my research for a well, podcast. If if Animal Man was around the in the nineties, I would have seen him in Wizard Magazine a lot more. Right, or he would have been at yeah. like Booster Gold is who you saw. Yeah, in, I would have like I, I, he I, would have been there in Death of yeah. Superman. So he, and I don't remember him being in Funeral for a Friend. Yeah, I'm sure he popped up every now and then, but he was probably more like the Mort of the month. <laughs> so let me let me ask you. So we've got this redo. The next book that we read was Jeff Lemire's take on Animal Man, the New Fifty Two version of it. Um, and sort of a reintroduction of this character. Now we read this volume, but I wish, and I, I want to talk to you about this, but I think I want to read volume two when Swamp Thing's in it and just see that interaction. I was excited when they, they kept mentioning like the only way we're going to defeat this evil is Swamp Thing. Right, like we have to go to the green, right? Like but this that, is the- Because uh, Swamp Thing was uh, just relaunched with that this right. book. So it, we would have seen Swamp Thing I'm sure I'm guessing Swamp Thing would have become Swamp Thing. So like, Swamp Thing was just figuring out his powers as well or something, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm not really... I didn't read that yeah. New 52 run of Swamp Thing, so I'm curious about it. So let me let me ask you, we've got this new version of Animal Man. What was different? What's the same? What did you think about this new characterization? Well, I'll tell you what. It didn't feel like Jeff Lemire to me, necessarily. I, 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 I'm trying to figure out what's Lemire about this book. Um... What do you what do you think stands out as like uh, Lemire's fingerprints on this? I will because he does Lemire basically had, does two different things and he does, does superhero books and he does like super indie books. Yeah, right. Exactly. And this is I th- like having not read his Green Arrow, but I heard that his Green Arrow again New Fifty Two he was doing Green Arrow. I heard that was very heard that was very good. I didn't read it, um, but that was one of those. This one and Green Arrow were kind of like the critics' favorites. From New Fifty Two, yeah, yeah, the darlings of it, right? Um, I, it was hard for me. I think you're right. It was hard for me to find Lemire in here, but what Lemire does, well, it's not a bad thing. No, I, I think like I just, I, what, I, I thought like, oh, I'm like, ooh, this is. You think you're like, oh, I'm gonna get Lemire in this. I think book. I think what Lemire does well is he del- he tells domestic stories well. So a lot mm, of his yeah, yeah. a lot of his indie work is like very domestic story. Whether you know it's um, uh, we read. Um, underwater welder, very daddy issue book, right? Right, right. Um, there's one I can't think of it right now. The really the super popular one, like he's got like several volumes of it. It's like about cocky. I don't, I don't think I've heard of that. Canadians, one. shit, I can't remember. What it's called. called Canucks. It's called Canucks. That's <laughs> what it is. Uh, but he's done a couple of them. Like he tells very sort of like grounded family dynamic stories, or like 
with a hint of something. Well, right? so let's talk about the premise of this book. Like, where, So where do we see Animal Man? So in the Morrison, it's like Animal Man getting back into action. Right. And this one starts off where Animal Man, you know, he's, again, Animal Man has kind of been in and out of things, and he's kind of drifted away from being a superhero. He's gone more into Hollywood. He was right. just in this uh, indie film where she plays like a superhero, but not Animal Man. But it works really. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's a good transition. I love the issue where they actually show the movie. Like, right. They, where they show some of the movie. I think it's a really good, like, if we're going to transplant this idea of him being this sort of like... He's in the same place when the book starts. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> him being this sort of like new eco-warrior that he was getting involved in in the in in the Grant Morrison run of it this sort of like celebrity version of it he's rebranding himself he's right. the character is trying to rebrand himself right um and but he's still going out and he's still fighting crime uh his outfit has changed for the worse oh, um, i don't like it yeah 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 me either. i don't like the uh it feels like uh, electric blue superman <laughs> and it's like electric blue superman and uh um Jim Lee Cyclops uh, with a little bit of Blue Power Ranger mixed in, right? It's not a good... <laughs> yeah, Jim Lee Cyclops or Angel, right? Oh, very yeah, much yeah, Angel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't love it. <clears throat> um, I missed the goggles. I, yeah, I you know and the jacket, dude. The jacket. Gotta have the jacket. The jacket was an important piece of that '90s <laughs> aspect of it. But I, you know, I did. What did you think of the dynamics of? Uh, this is a very. This was much quicker for me to read. This this one, um, I, I got through very quickly. Uh, I, I kept turning the page. Um, I like. It was very modern comic. I, I feel like he really added a whole nother like dimension in the DC universe with the rot. And now I know it probably is something in Swamp Thing, um, but you have the red, you have the green. And you have the rot. Right. So uh, Lemire is really laying... I don't know if someone else has done it, but to me it seemed like he was really doing a lot of the heavy lifting in laying down this sub-universe to right. the universe. And this is something that we're like, well, how does Animal Man get his powers? He's right. like, oh, I connect with what Animal uh, Man calls the life cycle. Right. But what we really find out is it's one of these sub-dimensions that Earth has where it's like the red. And the red means if you have a connection meat. with the red of the Earth, it's like meat, <laughs> like animals. Yeah. And, and, and then the green is, of course, plants. Right. Uh, and then the rot is, is, is like death. Like yeah, it's like force. like the destructive force, or like the darkness on the dark crystal, right? This yeah, thing that's exactly, creeping yeah. in, this thing that's coming. And so uh, basically what Animal Man has to do is, this is Animal Man, you know, this really realizing that his powers aren't just some like comical um, I could just feel an animal like and, and old take it school on, yeah. like I fell into a vat of radiation poisoning while watching you know, the Mets play uh, it's um, designed right like he was given these powers because he has to protect his daughter right who is like this second coming of the savior of the red right and I think I think the one thing that this does to you is like we we can talk about how like um, there was some of that sort of, like I, I mentioned with the Morrison one, that there's a little bit of that Swamp Thing Monster of the Week stuff. This amps it up to a very body horror, uh, like a horror comic book. There right. are parts of it that you're very much like. This is, I would say that that's what the genre of that's, at least this first volume is. That's gross, right? Yeah, like yeah. the giant bloated hippos, the. The, the the rot taking over those bodies, right? right? Like the dead animals that they buried 
It feels kind of like witches a little bit. That they buried in their backyard and and they came back. There's this this force coming for this this family and the father has to protect it. Right. uh, Even though like the child is more power, you know, like. Right. A little, there's a little lone wolf cub in there as well. (laughs) (laughs) There Um, is. It's this very, it's this sort of good mashup that the, that he's kind of working on. It's interesting. This is very much an arc though. This is like every issue. It the it's paced very quickly. They right. get like you have a little bit of the domestic stuff up front in the first issue where we get to know where Animal Man is with the movie and stuff like that. Right. But then it's after that it becomes like this adventure or horror story. Right. It's just adventure horror story, and there's not a lot of timeouts the way Morrison was taking to explore the deconstruction of the superhero. This is less of a deconstruction and more of like this kind of arc where we're introducing this new bad force into the DC universe. Right. And what can I do what can I do to run with this book, right? Like what can I how can I put my stamp on it? I think it's I think you see Morrison do that with his version of Animal Man. What can I do to put my stamp on it? Well, I'm going to deconstruct this superhero, right? Mm. And I think Jeff Lemire is doing the same thing. He's putting a stamp on this and going, no, I'm going to take this character. I'm going to, I'm going to veer hard right and go a very sort of horror genre yeah. with a superhero. But still, family is really an important aspect right. of this. And, and the other, all the characters are essential in order for Animal Man to be successful in his mission. And I think that's very much – I think that's the biggest thing that I see him take from Morrison's run, right, right. is that, that family dynamic of – how do I juggle being a superhero and having a family? And in fact, Animal Man's family is probably his greatest source of power. Right. Uh, in both these, Morrison's book and this, it, it's it's not his like weird kind of animal abilities. It's the fact that he has this family, that he has something he cares so much deeply that allows him to f- fight when he's already losing because he right. almost gets, he gets his ass whooped a lot. He does in, in both these arcs in Morrison. And in Lemire, Animal Man is constantly losing battles. <laughs> he is. Now, here's what I want to ask you. This does one of those things where we get an episode, we get an issue. That's the film. So I want to. Yeah. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a quick. I think we're. I think what I want to do. I want to veer quick into the art of this one. What did you think of the art style in this one? In that particular issue. Well, and I think overall, let's talk about the one issue where it changes. Um, overall. I, I I wasn't as big of a fan of it to tell you, uh-huh. be, and I think it might have to do with because I read Morrison first, yeah, uh, and then immediately jumped into this one. It wasn't like oh, like oh, you're going somewhere with the animal man style, as opposed to the if this was its own standalone book, like uh, Image or Oni right. came out with like this, and this is just the artwork. But I I just felt. It's not bad, no, uh, but it's it's I, it's less preferable to me than the other one. It, re- um, it reminded me of uh, oh, what's her name on Saga? Um, Fiona Apple. Yeah, it's very. That's this not Fiona Apple. Staples. Staples. <laughs> Fiona <laughs> Apple. Great. Shadow boxer, baby. Uh, but uh, it reminded me of that a little bit, but a little grosser, right? It's, that's what but I will that say. Very, it works well for the, the it monsters. Does. The, the monster works very well. He has a very good style to do that. Um, the one issue where it switches to the film. I like that. That is perhaps uh, m- my favorite of it, right? It very much looks like. Um, who does the. Year one, Batman. Br- uh, Baker and. Um, oh, Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. It reminds me of a little bit of like Phillips. Right. It looks like. Uh, I don't, is it the guy who did. Uh, 
Batman Year One. You know what I'm talking Let's about? See, uh, not on really. No, oh, there's no name on that issue. Huh? Uncool. Yeah, come on, give the guy credit. I'm gonna have to the, go back. The best artist of the of the to go six back issues. It does look like Batman Year One. It also looks like Gotham Central, and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head right now. But uh, that's sort of the. Let's see. Does it tell me who did that one? No, it doesn't. You son of a bitch. To be fair, though, the artist on this, Lemire gave that this artist some, like, really weird stuff to draw. Where there's, like, there's not a lot of reference for it. Yeah. You know, uh, and you're like, okay, let's let's just create this from scratch. Right, and I think that that's kind, of the, that's kind of the fun thing about it, is you're really seeing, like, them create this thing in the DC universe, right? right? And they get to run with it, and they get to do something with it. And it's almost like Animal Man becomes part of this... Um, DC like the dark DC right with like Dead Man and Swamp Thing and being we're gonna take this character and we're gonna kind of fit him into this yeah because he this really doesn't era. have a home like he's internet he was International Justice League Justice League International right. and like he just doesn't fit into any place and right and this is Lemire being like well why don't we explore this area and I think I think that's a cool way to do it I I think that like. His power being, you know, his this animal power, and then I'm interested to see. I probably will read the second volume where he goes with Swamp Thing because I want to see like how do you play that? How do you play those two powers well, together? It feels almost like when they were divvying up characters for the New Fifty Two, like Lemire wanted Swamp Thing but didn't get it. So then he got <laughs> Animal Man. He's like, all right, I'll just make Animal Man Swamp Thing. It's gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen, and then I can just bring Swamp Thing into it, and then write Swamp Thing. It'll be good. Uh, but I thought it was. I thought it was a really like it was an interesting take on it. it was a different way to go from Grant Morrison, but I think he built on what we read in Grant Morrison's stuff and put a different spin on it, but it's still that struggle of being a dad, being a, you know, where do I fit, right? Like, am I a superhero? Am I not a superhero? Uh, But he gets to do it in a real kind of, a different genre, right? Right. And if Animal Man was done in 1940s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, it would be primarily finding cool new ways to use animal powers to defeat a bad guy. Right. And every week it would be like, well, kind of like Captain Planet. Like, how can I use the environment to stop people? Right. So it would be about like, what cool new way can I use an animal power? And, and, and Morse, there's some of that. Morrison in here, does that a little like with bit with the earthworm yeah. and stuff like that. But it's certainly not the focus of it. No. Um, it's it's just used to get him out of really tough situations sometimes. Right, and I think I think there's something there's something interesting about that. Right, there's one I think it's volume two of Animal Man, where he's locked in somewhere, and you know the villain is like, "I've taken all of your powers. This is a the concrete in here is however many inches thick. You'll never be able to find an animal in here. Yeah, yeah. no ant, no cockroach, no nothing. nothing. And then the guy comes back. And he, Animal Man, uses the power of the, like, the microorganisms inside of him and multiplies himself. So there's, like, a shit ton of them in this room. So it's, like, it's a perfect, like, oh, who would even, like, I, like, that's such a creative way to do it. And I, I think his powers let you do that in a way where, one, he can't do that always, right? Yeah. Because, like... It's a cheat. It's a cheat, right? Yeah. But I, I like how Superman gets it. Superman has a million powers he can use at all times. Right. But Animal Man has a he has a pretty cool power, but he's got to have something in the vicinity to be able to 
use it. And also, like, there's this, this constant thing that Animal Man is doing where, like, his connection to what he calls the life force, like, sometimes it's really strong and sometimes right. it's weak. So it's kind of like a Wi-Fi signal. Right. Like, and if that Wi-Fi signal is really strong, then he can pull bacteria out of you and multiply. Right. But if it's really weak, if he's staying in, like, a Best Western somewhere, you know, like, he ain't going to be able to pull that. Like right. He's, he's going to pull, like, he needs an elephant in the room or something. Right. And I thought I, th I thought it was a really, I, I really enjoyed both of them. I think I liked the deconstruction aspect in the art of Grant Morrison's a little more. I am interested, and I will probably, this is the thing right now, like all of these end up, DC always does a sale. And so I will probably end up reading Morrison's run and uh, Lemire's run on mm -hmm. this just because I want to be a completionist about it right now. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of want to, and then I want to see how they take both of them. But I really did, I really did dig uh, the gross the many gross outs in this uh, Lemire book. Even though I had a hard time reading Morrison's book, I think I would re I'd, I'd be more curious to see where that goes than this one, especially since I know like the New 52 kind of petered out a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, as far as like, I think some storylines were kind of dropped or cut off earlier. And this seems like he's setting up some, for something kind of bigger here. I mean, the villains he's facing in uh, Lemire's run are, are pretty uh, high-powered, like... Uh, omnipotent beings you know right and that's the one thing i always think is interesting like the hippos are so gross Ugh. why is he by him this is the one thing that's always tough about superhero comics why is he tackling this by himself grant oh, yeah. morrison does a really good job isn't he on like he's in la right yeah and what superheroes on the 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 west like west coast west coast yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. the west coast avengers and marvel oh, yeah. whatever so you separate him from everything but then i go like there's this giant conspiracy of gross monsters everywhere He's like a he's a Justice League member. Can't he just go like, hey, uh, Superman, got some real shit going yeah, on. Yeah, Constantine, we need, your, <laughs> we need your dark magic, right? But I guess like that's the struggle. That's the struggle with superhero comics is how, how do you, how do you do that? Now normally it's just written off like they're busy. Like they did right. Spider Man, uh, right. Far From Home. Like ah, yeah. oh, they're busy. They're busy. They're Sorry, busy. dude, it's you. Thor's yeah, off yeah. planet. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, there's so much evil in the world and there's only so many superheroes right 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 uh but morrison handles that too is that he gets the really low-powered villains right and that's what i think i think that's the inch i think that's the take where i go like well that makes sense he's gonna get these little guys he's get, like the the mutant rat like henchmen right <laughs> and and so this giant thing that's happening i see how like i kind of like that it, it it seems like lemire and again i don't know and they're probably if you're listening to this and you do know but there, he seems like he's going, oh, I'm going to create this thing and I'm going to bring in Justice League Dark or parts of it right, to yeah, yeah. solve this problem. Well, honestly, if your daughter is like the target of this whole thing, calling Superman is just – not calling Superman is just irresponsible. Right. <laughs> You'd be like, I'll do anything for my daughter. Really? How about call Superman? Yeah. How about how about give – Or Martian Manhunter yeah. or something. Give someone a call, man. Yeah. But that's the thing. The New 52 is this weird thing where like everybody's starting – the New 52 fresh. is like everybody's yeah. fresh, right? They've yeah, yeah. only been together. Like superheroes have only existed for what was it, like five years or Just, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like very – like they were all kind of – so they might not have had those connections, you know? Right. And again, I didn't read much of the New 52, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, but that costume in Lemire's thing has got to go. Gots to go. It's a terrible costume. It is not good. I don't like it at all. But I did dig the horror aspect of it. I did like that, like, okay, we're just going to be, this is just going to be super gross. Let's just do it, right? What are some of your favorite panels in these uh, these two books? So if I was going to do favorite panel for um, the Jeff Lemire one, there is one panel where 
the cop has um, his son. And I love that his son still has a gross mullet in the new 52. I know. Like, you can't um, change the mullet. And the panel at the top of it is just disturbing. On the digital read for this, it's on page 75. And it's this gross, buggy-eyed... When he turns away, he's like he's trying to hold it in there. It yeah, reminds, it reminds like, me of something like maybe like Men in Black One. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the, the what's his name? Uh, Not Bill Bill Paxton. No, it's no, it's Kingpin. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I that's that's what it reminds me of. But I do love like it really showcases the sort of like gross aspect of this dude's horror. And then again, the bottom panel is all the weird wormy. The, the you know coming out of him at the yeah, bottom tentacles yeah um, but it was a really good I, I I think that was a good panel from this one uh, what did you think Which I like the hippos the, the hippos, hippos were so, so gross. gross and just like it just seemed painful and like it really kind of like made me feel like oh this is a, this 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 force needs to be stopped <laughs> right this is, there's something wrong with this I'm not a fan of this stuff as far as the Grant Morrison one goes um, there I think like it's a cheat to do. Uh, this this big, uh, one of those big splash pages. But the first sort of monster you see him deal with is that pile of. It's not even monster. It's just that pile of monkeys. That's really great. And there's something about it like that's the last issue. That's the last panel in issue one, right? Like, okay, I'm starting this thing. This is my character now. I'm doing this last panel splash page. What's going on inside this? You know this. Laboratory. This laboratory, oh, it's a giant, disgusting pile. And the eight, the monkeys are so eighties. They're so like um, Planet of the Apes uh, yeah. monkey faces yeah. that, like, that's how you just drew monkeys in the eighties. Yeah, it, it's very good. But there's a that that arc, the first three issues or so, where he's dealing with this guy who can like meld animals, like who just like messes with all these animals oh and then like he gets like his his like that was really kind of heartwarming like his his friend gets stolen and like that monkey dies right there's, there's some uh there was some good stuff in yeah there. if you some had dark a, dark shit in that if you had to do a panel where, where do you think oh i think land? i'm gonna go to the coyote song uh or where the what would they call it the um i love that cover the coyote, the coyote gospel, gospel. Coyote Gospel, I just love the mix of the cartooning. Uh-huh. There's a couple panels where you get a mix of the cartoon um, on there. I thought that was really great. Like You get to see the coyote in its creation form, and then when you see it in the real world, I really love that one too. He's just playing yeah. it. He just looks so... And it, But what's really... In the cartooning world, this is really great. There's a panel. I'll just pick that one on page 21 in the Coyote Gospel where you see the coyote laid out on the road and like vultures are picking at right. his. And it looks like a werewolf, like, like a threatening villain, right. but then you realize it's just this playful cartoon character that right. is like, like scared. He and, got hit like, by the car, or, yeah. you know, and now he's being just eaten by a vulture, right? Um, like death and resurrection and death and resurrection over and over Death again. and life right next to each other in the same panel? That's crazy. crazy. So what do you, what, so this is, oh, that's... Symbol of them. Um, uh, so, who do you who do you recommend this to, or do you recommend this to to people? I think it's a tough one. I think it would be easier to recommend the Jeff Lemire one, right? Just because, like, oh, here's an interesting. Oh, you like horror? You like superhero? Here's a good place to go explore both of those things, right. And kind of run around with it. The art's a little weird in that one, so 
you know, if people are like, I just don't like comic book art. Well, here's a different here's a different take on it, right? Here's a different way to look at it. I think the Grant Morrison one, I would say, I think it's one of those things where I go like, well, have you ever read that one? Right. You yeah, should check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's where I'm at right now is, like with comic book fans, go. Well, if you read Animal Man, like it took me forever to like go find it and read it. Uh, you should go check it out. Right. I guess if you're if you're in a conversation with uh, someone, I'd only recommend Morrison to someone who's been reading comics. Right. Because uh, this it could turn someone off who's just starting and wants to like start on there because it's it's the meta ness. You're like, is this how it is? But. In, inevitably, in any conversation with a comic book fan, you're going to talk about Miller, you're going to talk about Morrison, or are you going to talk about um, yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. Alan and so Moore, you're like, hey, yeah. you know what? Like, you know, if you like that stuff, did you ever read? It's it's not it's not one of the big hitters of that era, yeah. but it's 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 very much um, grounded essential. in that. Yeah, like, yeah. For the, what, what the it change that comic books goes through in the '80s, right? And right, it's, it's not it's not Green Day, no, but it's like. I don't know, like no effects, maybe, like or maybe not even that high, like no, like a Mr. T's experience, yeah, <laughs> or like uh, it's like Screeching Weasel, yeah, perfect. right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's got the same notes, it's got the same jaunty kind of miss to it, but uh, it's just not as I don't want to say well produced. Anyways, my analogy's falling apart. No, but, but I get uh, what you're saying. Yeah, it's not as groundbreaking, but it definitely changes the genre a little bit, right? right? Like, right. Or it plays with the same thing that that uh, Alan Moore and Frank Miller are doing, but but I f- it feels like Grant Morrison loves the the past more than Moore did, right? Like yeah. Alan Moore is like, well, burn this shit down. It's we're more gonna, respectful. We're gonna do whatever yeah. we want with it, and it, it feels like Grant Morrison's like, yeah, but that's kind of the fun part. Yeah, like the history of Morrison. It is kind of fun. That's a that's a that's a good that's a good that's excellent. Because um, he's like, there's a mirror. Moore seems to be attacking the comic book industry, and uh, uh, Morrison seems to be de- deconstructing it a little bit, with, right? Like with le- being less, being more objective about about it, and really kind of really enjoying the medium. Sometimes when you read a more comic book, you're like, do you even like comics? <laughs> right. You know, like, are I... you are you hate fucking this issue? <laughs> <laughs> I really. You fuck Batman, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think both of them are really good. I enjoyed both of them. I I'm glad um, this is a piece of my this is a piece of like comic book history. I could go back your repertoire now. Yeah, like I could go like, back and read. Belt. Yeah, and go like, okay, I'm glad I read. Well, that. eventually someone's gonna do something with Animal Man, like in the the media. I don't know what they would do because you could really do anything like on the big screen. Or, you really could or, have or, a like, lot TV of fun show. with it. I mean, there's really there's there's no stamp because the character of Animal Man is something we didn't talk about. Buddy himself, there's really nothing distinctive. No, he's just about a, like a the way he dude, talks. Right? Or yeah, he's he's so Joe Average. So that... that's what I want to ask you. Yeah. Let's say that Grant Morrison's Animal I'll Man. Play Animal Man. Animal Man. <laughs> Grant Morrison's Animal Man was was it. And in the mid '90s, when we're getting all of these, the beginning of superhero movies, right? We're getting the Spider Man. We're getting X Men. Late '90s, early 2000s. Let's say we're doing this. Who's your animal man? I already have mine picked. I think if you... it was early nineties, I might have done Paul Reiser. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you if I could if I could take and do Kiefer Sutherland. 
Oh, in yeah, the Lost yeah. Boys. But he's interesting. Like he's he like when you watch Keith Sutherland, like he's kind of interesting. Do you need someone like a little bit more, a like, little more bland? Yeah, a little more bland. I think I think though that idea of like looks wise, the and Gen like, like, X sort of like yeah, you're right. Kiefer you're right. Sutherland yeah, yeah, is like yeah, a yeah. perfect. He's a little older than that, but like I think of like Kiefer Sutherland in uh, the Lost Boys. Like I make him that. look like a suburban yuppie and let him that. be and let him be Animal Man. Or who's the? I mean, we were just thinking vampires. You said that. Who's the villain in uh, uh, Blade, the first one? Oh crap! Fro- he plays Frost, but um. Anyways, that yeah. that guy kind of gives me a uh, like what you were okay. saying, Keith Sutherland. Yeah, vibe. yeah. Like he's good, kind of a hip next to. It. What about Christian Slater? Oh. Yes. What about Christian Slater? Christian Slater would have <laughs> like been the mid to like mid nineties click Christian Slater. <laughs> Chef's kiss. That would have been it. Uh, yeah, no, Christian Slater would have been really good. Cause he's like, cause like, look, Christian Slater, you give him a little suit that gives him a little more. Yeah, he's a got that, bulk. Like, a little bit of shagging. Yeah, 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 to it. I like there's, it. A, there's a likability, but they also kind of hate Christian right? Slater a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. I think that's good. I think that's good. So, I think we've come to a conclusion. There were things to really enjoy about both of these books. There were things to kind of go like, eh, that wasn't my cup of tea in it. But I didn't. I didn't dislike either of these. No, books. I liked. I I, I I liked the experience of it because I think it was again one of the reasons why it took me so long is because it wasn't filling the squares. It wasn't something that I'm like, oh, I, I get it, get it, get it, get it. Right. Like I'm like, he's doing something here, and I gotta follow. I gotta pay attention. Uh, right, and you, you can't really skip things in there, and so I like I like reading something that made me work a little bit more um, to 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 kind of stay with it, and also now I'm like I can talk Animal Man, right, which but was I, a real blind spot in my comic <laughs> knowledge. I think the thing is like the difference between these two things is I think the difference between when we're writing stuff in the '80s. We're like taking novels and making them comic books, right? These these writers are writing them like novels, but on this. So nothing moves as fast. You take a little more time with some stuff. But then when you get to modern comics, everything's written like a TV show. So your issue is like right. a 30-minute to an hour-long episode. That's what your issue is. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. there's you pace everything out in a very cinematic way, which makes it read faster. Right, it's more digestible, yeah. Right, yeah. and so I think that that's the big shift between Grant Morrison's Animal Man reads like a book, and I think Jeff Lemire's reads like a film, a film. or TV. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Grant Morrison was dealing with more stuff. Like, he had more, like, directives from DC yeah. about what he, what the character had to do this month. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, writing it in a, and writing it in the throes of Infinite Crisis means, like, this huge event like yeah. where everyone's like superheroes, superpowers, punch, kick, punch, kick. And you're like, yeah, but let's just like, and we're like, melding old cotton. We're like losing old continuity and gaining new continuity. And how, you know, where does... We're making the character a goofball. Like, that, he should not be fighting in Crisis of Infinite. Uh, <laughs> he is not equipped at this point in, no. in Animal Man to stand a chance at right. that. He can barely take down a real, like, rat sewer monster. Right. Uh, but I think I like both of them. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can find all of our old episodes on the website, www.comicexposure.com. You can find them uh, on whatever uh, podcast app you use, be it Apple or Stitcher or... Your Google one? I don't know. I don't use Google, so I don't. Any podcast platform, 
Mostly. Mostly. Uh, but you can find us on those places. Uh, you can uh, follow us very infrequently on Twitter at Comic Exposure. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. And you can uh, let us know what you thought about Animal Man. If you've read either of these, the Jeff Lemire version or the Grant Morrison one, we'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, if you want to talk about it, you can uh, give us a tweet or send us a message on Facebook. And we'd love to kind of hear what you thought about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a good time with my Travis sitting on a church pew in my in my dining room area. I've also you don't know this it's a podcast. I've had my I've just hands been praying and, the and entire praying time. The whole time. Uh, so uh, guys and gals, thanks for tuning in. Uh, who knows what lays in store for us next? But we got we got we got eventually we got to talk about some of these. TV shows. We got Stranger Things. We got these Spider Man. Spider Man. Uh, we got. Um, that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> that's it. All right, boys and girls, uh, men and ladies, uh, they and them. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>